Hello and good morning. For the past few years, I wake up and with my morning prayer, think of our country and pray to God that it can stand back on its feet and regain the confidence and stability, regardless of anyone's political affiliation or party membership, or of course, if one has no party affiliation, there is no doubt the need for coming together and backing any effort to put back this country to the respectability and influence it has been known for for centuries. While I say this, I wish to make sure to my dear listeners that I do not take part in party politics. As a Baha'i, our faith teaches us to take an active, as active a role as citizens with complete loyalty to the country we happen to live in. Taking an active part in civic matters is a sign of commitment and allegiance, as well as the willingness to shoulder our personal duty and responsibility within the society we live in, and not just sit back on the sidelines. So, I do not consider myself an inert spectator of events, but as an active participant as, uh, as my circumstances allow. And sadly, as my age and infirmity indicates, I am now com- capable of very little, of, if at all. Nevertheless, I can express my own opinion and analyze events, draw conclusions, and should an occasion arise, take part in any discourse I may find myself engaged in. So here I am, engaging with you, my dear listeners, on the need to look at what this country, dear to us all, has gone through in the recent past. And in spite of the fact that we may have some tears, I feel the time is now for us to wipe out any tears and gird ourselves to the inevitable. That inevitable is that we must all be prepared to bear our share of sacrifice. Our country shared with the rest of the world the onslaught of the coronavirus and is now sharing the seriously flawed reason for the conflict in Ukraine and the resulting rise in fuel cost and inflation of food prices. The World Bank and the International Monetary Fund are both telling us that the growth of economy of the world as a whole has all but stalled over the past two or three years and is still stagnant at present. It is therefore not surprising that our incomes have not grown during this period, except meagerly, if at all. And sadly, it should not grow at all this year. Of course, inflation is biting, and there must be some effort to meet that inflation with some rise in wages. But chasing inflation with immodest pay rises is like a dog chasing its own tail. Some sacrifice is required, 
at least until such a time that investments and the balancing of the Treasury's income with its expenditure is achieved. It is then that growth can start, investments flood into the country, and we have the growth that indicates we are richer or can afford to be richer. All this needs good government, but good government without good citizens is never enough. The two go together. Many years ago, on one of our holidays, we visited Taiwan. It was in the early stages of its development, but it was obvious that it was progressing fast. I asked the tour guide, a young man, what in his opinion is the reason for the good for this good situation. His answer was concise and clear. He said there is one main reason and that is that everyone does his or her best at whatever he or she is doing. Simple. There can never be a clearer and more effective attitude. I wonder whether this is an example we can all emulate. And what about me? I'm retired, enjoying an income that is at least enough for my needs, and I'm not doing any work. Do I sit there and leave it to all of you there working hard to do all the lifting? Certainly not. While I may be unable to join in the lifting, I can at least make the burden less heavy. I can be judicious in the energy I consume. I can avoid wasting food like I avoid the plague. I certainly wouldn't buy clothes that I would wear three or four times and then throw away. And I would use public transport rather than my car wherever possible. These are just examples. And I'm sure every one of us will evaluate his or her life and see how we can make it better for others. In fact, I'm pretty sure we are all doing this, and maybe better than in the ways I have just mentioned. And now that I have said all this, I feel the urge to say something that I so strongly feel about. And that is how proud I feel about our nation that has found in itself the magnanimity of having a Prime Minister from our Indian community background. This is a first, and a very significant first. It reminds me of 1979, when Margaret Thatcher became the first woman Prime Minister of this country. I remember vividly how proud we all were, something that no one expected to happen, until it did happen, and we are now all have that same feeling. We never thought it could happen, until it did happen. This is a landmark, on the road to the maturity of our nation, and a beacon to the other nations to appreciate the value 
of opportunity for all and hope for any who would wish to realize a dream. Goodbye.